I am removing the SIM card from my phone and swallowing it. I, I want nothing to do with it. Uh, uh, What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I just love God so much. So I'm just... My my friends, they're getting a whole earful from me about it. Who, who here actually, like... Like took the courage of their convictions and actually went on social media and posted uh, the right to know Jesus is the most basic human right of all or something akin to that. Well, it is, because water's not important. <laughs> you don't need housing if you believe hard enough. If you pray hard enough, Jesus will give you insulin. <laughs> the the cultural marxists at orange county uh elementary school um erased what should have been the bottom of maslow's hierarchy of needs which should have said the right to know jesus christ and instead put food water and shelter it's just like what next you know what i mean next they're gonna come for our sermons <laughs> wait that reminds me did y'all did any of y'all watch the post credit scene? Yes. Oh, fuck, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, okay, it's good. sad. <laughs> I feel like you'll probably pick up on <laughs> on the goings-on in the next no, one No, it probably changed everything. <laughs> <laughs> There's more Jesus to be had. That's why you're still a heathen. That's it's because I'm you saying. didn't watch it in its entirety. You didn't let the whole gospel wash over <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, three of the four people on this Zoom are going straight to heaven. When they pass. That's yeah. My name's not even Mystic anymore. That's a heretic's name. My name is Mary Magdalene. <laughs> Just full Mary. <laughs> Just full. And actually, I'm gonna go ahead watch the last scene. And now my name is Jesus Granger. <laughs> Oh, I got named Matthew. <laughs> I wanted a fun one. Pastor Jesuit Audenzia. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Dead Horse, a podcast about uh, under-discussed, underseen, and overextended film franchises. We are talking about God's Not Dead 2. Uh, PJ, would you like to introduce our guest? I would love to. Um, our, our guest today, um, they are a friend of mine and a very, very fucking funny comedian in atlanta georgia um, allegedly allegedly uh you what abolitionist uh cute magical anime babe um my nemesis the worst person i've ever met um i'm and your worst nightmare my worst nightmare i'm very happy to say mystic motherfucking hightower maybe Yay! just because it's a fun name to say is in the fucking stable <laughs> mystic how are you I'm feeling like an eldritch entity right now. I don't really, like, I feel my most blasphemous. This is great, you know, I'm ready to indoctrinate the masses 
about Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Well, so like, that's why it felt like it would have been malpractice to do this particular miniseries without you. Because if if I may say, in in your stand-up comedy, you have such a funny, like exasperate existentially exasperated axe to grind with Christianity organized like western spirituality um and like the church as an institution in america is this fair to say yeah i mean i don't like being on my knees not even for jesus so (laughs) it's just it's frustrating he takes too much space being inside me i don't have room for anything else he has big holes in his hands so he has space for all of us (laughs) there there's plenty of uses for those holes I'm going to hell. God's not dead! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we we can cut it if you don't want to get into it on the pod, but would you be interested in telling us anything about your, um, your relationship with the church growing up, your uh, turn into being not just a heathen, but in your own way, like, functionally a villain? Um, but, but also, like, what... What experience of any do you have with this kind of like evangelical mega church propaganda stuff? You know what I mean? Yeah, I can go into my villain origin story. Um, <laughs> so my parents named me Mr. Kaitar, like that's my birth name, but they still raised me like in a church where you like speak in tongues to like heal a broken leg. <laughs> like I went to a, I went to a snake church. Like wow. do you guys know what I mean yes. when I say yes. that? Okay, like. I went to a snake church. My school was owned by my church where my parents also worked and I also lived there. Oh, I didn't um, know so, that. God. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like seeing the same people like seven days a week. Like not only did I pledge allegiance to the American flag, I pledged allegiance to the Bible. Oh, <laughs> and I remember being very confused because I looked up the word allegiance and I was like, that's that's a lot. Like, I'm already supposed to, like, let this man inside me and pledge allegiance. Like, I feel like a slave for Jesus. Um, I went to vacation Bible school and was indoctrinated by vegetables and told that that was normal. Um, and I think, like, I think the real, like, villain origin story was when we were supposed to go to a science museum, you know, mm-hmm. to, like, learn about the world and i shit you not it was a creationist museum oh shit <laughs> good. Good, i've good, always good. wanted to go this is so crazy is it, was, it, like like, like big statues of like people palling around with dinosaurs and stuff like that <laughs> yeah it was like moses and the dinosaurs Fuck and yes. it was like each there was a room dedicated to like each day of creation and except for like it was like this is when god created adam and then like it was an accident like we just broke our family that's where she came from and it's like this little asterisk in a whole room and then a man put a snake on me and i was just like i don't like god i think i don't and i remember like looking up satanism at that point because i was like what is the opposite of this and i i was raised in that until i was 17 like i had to promise my pussy to jesus at 15 in a purity Mm. ring ceremony so, like, not only did I have to let Jesus inside me, he was, like, the only one allowed inside me. And, like, I draw the line at Jesus cock-blocking me. You know? 
I want the experience where I go to a museum and it's so bad I pledge allegiance to the opposite of that museum. <laughs> you must have loved this movie. They had a god voice in the creationist museum to reenact the seven days of creation. But like God just sounded like my uncle when he was trying not to be drunk. Like, it was not a person who was meant to do voiceovers. It was like like the guy who built the room. They're like, can you also do the voiceover? And it was not godly at all. It was, it was deep. That's amazing. They were like, we can't, we can't get actors up in here. (laughs) So like, when we were coming into this movie, I thought like my bandwidth for indoctrination was as high as it got. But I didn't realize, like, how persecuted I've been until I watched this movie and realized, like, fuck being black or queer or femme. I'm, I'm oppressed because I was raised Christian. That's yes. the real oppression. Yeah. <laughs> Who has it harder? It, did you have to, like, field off a lot of, like, uh, fairly renowned character actors uh, from the ACLU <laughs> trying to... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, watching John Tucker must die, like, be a, a lawyer. <laughs> like, I just, I, I was like, we have John Tucker must die and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, like, both fighting for Jesus. This is very confusing. John Tucker's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for his thong to start showing. That's, I was just, I was upset. <laughs> just a thing I have to say about Jesse Metcalf, like, o- like off the bat, is that, because I, I know we need to talk about the movie. We got to do a summary. We we got to go, like, through the characters and the points and all of the, I mean, pretty, like, stirring, like, like diamond cut arguments that this movie is bringing <laughs> to the table. But first motherfucking things first. Jesse Metcalf as lawyer Tom Endler looks so fucking porny in this fucking movie so So far this series is really good at finding some exceptional square-jawed like roman coliseum twink boys um, to come in and be like the mouthpiece for all of their arguments about why um god is science and here they got this guy with the most like perfect razored eyebrows i've ever fucking seen he's over here with with his little like hot boy love interest necktie in the courtroom being like like gay porn jimmy stewart he looks like he is going to fucking he looks like he's gonna bone a twink into next week he's so fucking hot (laughs) <laughs> the scene where he just starts yelling at Melissa Joan Hart, I was just like, oh my god, I, I will do whatever you say. Get me on the stand. <laughs> Cross-examine me, daddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm obsessed with these takes. It's interesting to me because he felt really, like, so sexless to me. Like, he's mm. beautiful, but stick him in here, I can't see a thing, you know? Like, I don't know. And, like, his... His logic was so elementary, it felt wrong to sexualize him. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, at one point, she gives him an argument. You went to Stanford. <laughs> I know. I was like, she should probably represent herself. <laughs> I, think she, I think she's good. 
Can I tell you something about the book that she gives him? Well, I, I did miss the title of the book. What is it? Um, so the book is Man, Myth, Messiah, and it is a quotation marks nonfiction book um, that is from an author named Rice Brooks, who's like, he's this like evangelical crank who writes books um, about the uh, logical and scientific argument um, for the existence of God, that one day his daughter is going to start talking to him again and read these books. It's going to happen. Uh, but another book that Rice Brooks wrote is called God's Not Dead. Uh, and it was the basis of the first movie and this film series. Rice Brooks appears as himself on camera in a news story talking with uh, film and television actor Mike Huckabee. Um and and naturally, this is also the book that um, that the what's his name Twink Metcalf is like passionately leafing through in the halls of the courtroom, being like, "Wow, this is some good stuff," uh, and it's just blowing his mind. Uh, yeah, Rice Brooks is a character in this movie and the mega church cinematic universe of God's Not Dead. He actually funded that creationist museum I went to. Wait, wait, wait. Are you riffing or? I'm assuming. I'm assuming God flew through him and, and into that museum. It feels like the same person. Yo, these are think tank lizards. <laughs> there are networks involved with these things. I would not. I would not blink if the same money that paid for that creation museum bought like i don't know crafty on god's not dead or something like that they got a lot of hot authors in this one they got a lot of hot (laughs) authors on the stand baby and they are acting their little butts off it's and it's funny because a lot of these authors in a previous episode i think it was actually in the da vinci code series um I mentioned to the group how I had this, like, very painful religious sort of crisis, like, in my early 20s because of, like, life stuff. So I was very haunted by Lee Strobel, and I was very haunted by um, a cold case for Christ author or whatever. What the fuck? I need to look him what? up. What <laughs> did you just say? The the fellow who gets on the stand and was like, I used to be a homicide detective, and here's how I know God's real. Through cold cases? <laughs> so well, Christ himself is a cold case. Um, oh, we were I mean we it's documented how he died. It wasn't a cold case when there were witnesses. It's written down. Jay Warner right. Wallace. I, it's cold case Christianity, just so we have it down. But he was on the stand in the movie and I was like, This is the motherfucker that used to scare the shit out of me. <laughs> Your fucking night terror. You just <laughs> this little pencil neck who memorized his lines like months before and like just still couldn't. Have it. Oh my god! Uh, uh, it's very interesting the angles that this movie took. We should do a summary soon, but yeah, we should zoom back because way there's, back there's already so much. There's yeah, so much sorry. on the bone. It's such a fucking bizarre movie the way that they decided to do this. I can't, I could not believe its length. This is a two-hour <laughs> film. Why? I was so <laughs> upset when I was an hour in 
and had an hour left. I was like, <laughs> I put in my time. Like, <laughs> there's not this much argument to me. <laughs> Clearly, there is, though. They were trying to stress you out in the court case, and I was just like, I'm stressed at how long I have left. <laughs> this movie took Adderall. Like, <laughs> this movie is an Adderall dad who's like, printing off drudge report articles and stapling them together and underlining stuff and slipping it under your door and being like just check this out when you get to it this was what this is honestly what my mom did when i told her i didn't believe in god anymore like she literally because my dad was a lawyer and so she was giving me like arguments for why god was real so this movie i was just like is my mom gonna pop out at any oh yeah oh when when i realized that you were coming on for the one that is also the legal thriller I just uh I just jumped into the air and kicked my little heels together. Which that's what this is. A legal It's a legal thriller. <laughs> uh it's a thriller for sure. I think we cited all of one legal document throughout the whole film. And and I think they said these words were never said. So I don't think anything was actually ever cited. The word thrill should be like court mandated to not be within 300 yards of this film. Like it, it, it's it, one of the one of the most boring films I have ever okay, seen. Okay, sorry. I feel like you're forgetting the twist where the girl with the dyed hair and like heavy makeup had a cross tattooed on the back of her neck. What? So like I'm not sure what? if you missed that, but what? Like, that was a really big twist. Jesus is for every one, including the cool kids. <laughs> you can wear a little bit of eyeliner nah. and believe in God. Nah. When she went up there, I said, oh no, this person got more fucking blue hair and pronouns. She's godless. Oh, I'm sorry. They're godless. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. And then she turned around and I saw that she voted yes. I said, hey, uh, the, <laughs> I said, hey, um, this like, this fucking goth Karen with her little pompadour, <laughs> who's like 35 <laughs> and is only pierced at the bottom of her ears. You know what? Maybe I'll let her into heaven too. Not I said, I'll allow enough. it. <laughs> Not pierced enough to be the they, them that they led me to fear. Nah, facts, in this. that's true. This, this frightening godless figure that we were forced to gaze upon uh, in that scene. And then, you know what? I, s <clears throat> I saw her crunchy little fucked up pompadour. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, there might be a chance for her yet. There might be hope. Uh, she reminded me of this like youth sermon that I went to where they like, Jesus Christ was punk. <laughs> 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 I'm just like, honestly, the biggest testament to Christianity is that, like, they can play this awful music and people still get brainwashed by it. Yo, I knew, I knew some goth Christians when I was in high school. I knew some people who had, like, the scariest MySpace pages. But it would, it would be, like, all of the same aesthetics that would be, like, without her, my hand goes. Except the text would be, like, I do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I do think that this movie does do an admirable job of showing that there is a lot of crossover in the, um, like, Cookie Monster pajama wearing in gym class. <laughs> 
people um, with ardent Christianity because I, I did know quite a few of them and they you know I can't be too mad at them because they kept me company in gym class when all the other people were figuring out that my name contained the syllable dick and were <laughs> coming up with all sorts of new ways to try to no it's that's important we have to acknowledge that time for you <laughs> Rar, it means I love you in Aramaic <laughs> It's okay, Dixon. I, I had the pleasure of getting called Miss Dick for like oh. six years. Had, oh, yeah. <laughs> and now I carry the torch for you. <laughs> all right. We're all being godless shitheads. But I can say confidently, mm. even if mm. I was a believer, this is a horrible movie. <laughs> like, it's not a good one. And I just want to say <laughs> that because I know we're biased, but at the same time, like, it looks like a movie, it feels like a movie ultimately lacks so much cohesive logic is, like, strawman central. Like, it's just, I don't know. You know, I had a thought about that. And, and I... I wanna I wanna lay out a thesis here and then I should I should probably stop stalling us from getting to a summary. Um who whoever whoever's volunteering to talk about the Well now it's now it's not nineteen plots. Now it's a, a clean thirteen. I know um, <laughs> I miss it. I miss it. Okay. This like you were saying, it looks like a movie, it sounds like a movie. It has a screenplay that even sometimes behaves and sounds like a screenplay and is written by people who have have heard dialogue in movies that had kind of a nice rhythmic pattern and texture to it. It, it. it walks and talks like a movie, but these movies seem like they are really, they construct plots around places where men can just explain things where where men can sit you down and tell you all about something you didn't know for 10 minutes at a time uh if not if not more and i think it's fucking funny that the would-be protagonist of this movie grace wesley played by Melissa Joan Hart serving Fox News Kirsten Dunst. Yes. Let's the movie happen to her. Yes. Is the most passive right. protagonist you've ever seen in a movie. All of these things where you're like when is she going to have a dialogue with the principal? When is she going to reckon with like her faith and the challenges to expressing it in her relationships with any of these people or with her class or with the school or with this girl Brooke? None of that is going to fucking happen. She is going to frown pensively in reaction shots while uh, while twink god and ugly man um, circle around each other um, having a YouTube debate. Because that is what the men who made this movie are ultimately fucking interested in. They pay lip service to wanting to look at this, like, this rainbow of human experiences across their little fucking Magnolia movie with all their little pockets of fucking stories. Um, but it's, I, it's, it's all about lectures. Well, yeah, I mean, even at the, like, main, like, climax of the film when, you know, he's, like, trying to trick her into, like, 
saying her stance, she doesn't even know that it's happening. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just happening yeah. to her the entire time. It feels time. like an invasion and an assault to her verbally. Right. And- like, it's it's like her proving her faith, but, like, she's crying on the stand not knowing what's happening to her at all. And I think even after the fact, she doesn't know <laughs> what she proved. She's just crying on the stand. Honestly, I'm not 100% understanding what she proved. I don't know why that did the trick. I'm not understanding like the climax of this film at all. I barely understand the arguments. Well, I understand my understanding of them, but I don't understand everyone's reactions to them. Right, like, I was mean to her, and she still loves Jesus. <laughs> yeah. What? Why did that do it? It doesn't make any sense. Oh, I think the court, the courtroom is all is all about who who writes the best little play. <laughs> who every day you come in having written a little play, and if your little play is better than the other lawyers, you win. And he did a surprise start of his little play. Kind of like a jackass stunt. It's like a, if if you were doing a show that started with you, the actor, wandering into the audience being like, what? Is the play ever going to start? And then you get on stage and say, I was born in 1993 <laughs> in Cape Fear Hospital. <laughs> I also just think it's hilarious that the like opposing lawyer literally like around this time played the devil on tv i like, know in a- <laughs> reaper i was thinking about that ray wise why i believe that had to be on purpose <laughs> like we should literally get the devil i every time ray wise was on screen i was making like marlon brando godfather look how they massacred my boy face i it was so sad to see ray wise in this film i love him so much yeah do you still <laughs> I guess he's a right winger, right? I just want to know where you're at. I like was googling like Ray Wise faith, Ray Wise politics, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm a, I'm like, yeah, I'm a Methodist." This is not a Methodist movie, my guy. <laughs> no, this is a movie that most of all proselytizes us into believing you need yellow, almost green hair. And fuchsia lips. Yo. What was up with the makeup in this movie? She, it was driving me fucking crazy. She's, they were mid-rapture, you know? Like, <laughs> she looks like Lady Gaga in the video for Telephone. Yes! Literally, her hair was like a Crayola yellow. Oh my god. But all the girls had like bright pink lips. And I was like, whoever did makeup on this was just like, that's what they wore for the past two decades. So they were like, that's just what I do. And I'm like, I just chose to see that as like a variation of like Christian persecution. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See, that's why, again, that is where my heathen comes out is I didn't see that. You know what I mean? Colors are for the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Take that however you want. Because that's also why there were, I think, that one black person in the film. Even oh, Pastor Pastor Dave, right? That's his name. Uh, the one who also is the janitor? Is that the one you're talking about? You're talking about one? Reverend Jude? Reverend... I no, no, no. Sorry. I'm talking about the blonde one. The, the, oh, the one, one with the dumb okay. fucking the, surfer hair? Yeah. The, the Chad Kroger. Nickelback for Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> his hair was literally green in one scene. And I was just... Is that why he had the heart attack? <laughs> 
Because yeah. I still don't know why he had a heart attack. He was drinking chlorine. That's why his hair is stupid. It was so that he could soldier on for one of the most important trials of the century. He played no role in the trial. They, like, built this up. It was, like, this big fight to even have him on the jury for him to not even be a part of the decision at all and just be in the hospital, like, at a boy. It was so fucking confusing. His, okay. his story, he's a holdover from the first one, Mystic. And, and his okay. story in that one is he can't start a car. <laughs> He's, he's comic relief. He's he's a comic relief subplot. He's comic relief. Because he's so funny. <laughs> Do you remember? All- I always laugh at heart attacks. Pa- you know? Pastor Dave, tell them that joke you know. Oh, hu- oh, honey, do the joke. Do the joke. <laughs> Do you think that's how he got into acting? I think that's how everyone got out of acting. Like, because none of these actors are are known Christians. So, like, I want to know what happens in your acting career. Oh, wait a second. To where you just start taking Christian propaganda. I think Isn't Melissa are. Joan Hart saved? Yeah, she deeply is in hardcore. Yeah. Oh, wait, Sabrina the Teenage Witch likes Jesus? I think she likes Trump, doesn't she? Yeah. Oh. She... she I don't want to say that for sure, but that sounds familiar to me. Without knowing the specifics, I'm willing to bet her worldview isn't great. No, <laughs> she for can't sure, be for sure. too principled a person and be like, "Yeah, I'll do the I'll do the movie where the ACL wants to ACLU wants to quote destroy me." The yeah. ACLU <laughs> public schools. I love that they made the ACLU the boogeyman. <laughs> we'll just see what the school board has to say about this. Well, they told the one guy, they're like, you undoubtedly proved that Jesus existed. And I'm like, did I miss the argument? I was like, where? When did that happen? <laughs> I had to rewind the last 30 minutes of the movie twice because I was just like so confused as to when we proved that he existed. When she was crying. <laughs> oh. Because she cried. Okay. That makes me think that all Christians are like kinky and like just like being domed by daddy Jesus. <laughs> we have to do a summary. So summary. No, don't be sorry. Please. Everything's you're perfect. Um, Be- Becky, I'm- I think, is saying that because she knows that if I start on a riff about, <laughs> like, dominance in Catholicism, that we're <laughs> we're going to lose the episode. I'm going to try to really get the lowest common denominators out. Okay. So Melissa Joan Hart is a teacher. There's a student whose brother just died, and she's grieving, and her parents don't care. <laughs> her parents don't give a <laughs> shit. At all. You still have to go to school. <laughs> Huge plot point. Her parents, like, don't miss their dead son. <laughs> okay. This girl is having questions about... No, sorry. This girl is depressed. Teacher confronts girl. They talk about Jesus. Melissa... Then the girl looks into Jesus, and then when Melissa... When... What's her name? Grace. When Grace, the Grace teacher... Grace Wesley. When Grace is in a lesson... The girl raises her hand and asks a question because they were talking about Gandhi. She asks, isn't that kind of like what Jesus did? So then (laughs) Grace is like, uh, yeah, that is in John 970. I don't know what the number stuff. And she like goes into it a bit. And then the school board loses their mind 
because that's how it would go down. And they completely, you know, persecute her. They threaten. They, they, they ask her to apologize. And since she won't apologize, they take her to court. And it becomes this huge court case. And um, they bring on a bunch of experts to basically prove Christ was real. <laughs> and then um, she ends up winning because she cried on the stand. Like, no, but I mean, you're right. Like, there, there's a lot of, like, li- they're trying to honor kind of the structure of the first one, which is this big, like, everything is connected. Everybody gets, like, roughly equal amounts of screen time skewed to like the kevin sorbo plot but like there's a whole bunch of people who get a whole lot of a whole lot of stuff to do in this one it is like 95 percent the court case and then just kind of checking in on these peripheral figures some of whom are holdovers from the first movie it's so fucking long it's a full two hours that's longer than church (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to figure out if there's a way that we could give mystic like a previously on god's not dead about about what they missed in the first one because i don't think any of us really knew until david told us that these movies were as like like as serialized as they are i really thought they were going to be like anthology me too a little bit more Mm. than they are so the chinese exchange student he was in the first film um he was also discovering god in that one so like the lady whose cancer was cured she was a she was a disgusting lib journalist in the last one (laughs) who turned into a believer at the end but you know the one that they mentioned once on the tour yes yeah okay okay gotcha the newsboys saved her and well you know when your cancer gets cured that's when you believe in God less? I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah, she said that and I was confused by yeah. that. She was in it and the the two Pat reverends were also in it. Well, I just like, okay, so I can kind of see that because they got like some tangential screen time. I just thought it was funny in the vacuum of just this film where like, especially the, uh, the exchange student was just like having this punk teenage fight with his dad about jesus like fuck you dad i'm gonna go to church and he's like i'm gonna fucking write you out of the family i'm just like when has this ever happened to anyone that's so true especially without any context from the last movie you're like why is his dad pissed about this (laughs) are you so mad that your kid's going to church like like i like that they made religion this like exclusively western thing that no one else has any concept well just remember mystic all minorities in these films hit their children literally yeah and clearly in the last one as well Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm waiting for the next one when they do it again, so. Yeah, they treat their kids the way these filmmakers would treat their kids if their kid came out as trans. Yeah. Like, I really, I was really thinking during all the stuff with Martin Yip and his dad that, like, it would be so easy to, like, crop out the subtitles and instantly think that you were watching, like, a scene in, like, a hard coming out drama. Yeah. <gasps> Honestly, yeah. It, it really, like, uh, it really does feel like he's like he's coming out of the closet as a, a mega church attendee. Which um, insane. I did not understand the anger like that was exchanged oh, between well, the two. Dad is from uh, godless communist China. So far, the the list of kind of like enemies in these movies. Th- this movie adds to the list: um, public schools, school boards, the ACLU. 
Um, I'm trying to like atheist journalist journalists. Journalists are really targeted in the first one. Um, vegetarians, um, <laughs> liberal arts philosophy professors, people um, who watch Pretty Little Liars, people who watch <laughs> uh, Pretty Little history, Liars, history historians in general, <laughs> uh, Islam and communist China are are on the yes. list of uh, targeted enemies in these very uh, shiny, pretty, aw shucks, gee whiz. Uh, put upon idea of of american evangelicals everyone in these movies all the believers are really they're really taking it on the back and really showing their game face about it they're really they're really soldiering through the oppression that they face as um believers of the most dominant world religion um with this kind of well i guess they're asking me to turn over all of my sermons that um, made me lose my mind i legitimately go when they have a subpoena (laughs) for the sermons i'm like uh, on what grounds y'all find so much to be angry about when things just become neutral you know like like Mm -hmm. like when we do happy holidays instead of merry christmas and all that like they act as though they are being persecuted when in reality things are neutral well also like in reality things are not yeah, yeah they're, not, they're like, not even like, neutral but <laughs> efforts towards neutrality is infuriating to them and it's just like what when did this film come out because like it to me it signifies like the fake target the fake target that like white evangelicals have always put on them like I have to be persecuted because, like, it adds to my morality when literally no, like, no one's persecuting you at all. Like, even Brooke, I think her name was, like, her parents were just doing this because it would pay for Stanford and somehow help her get into Stanford. There's no persecution happening. 2016, I want to say. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so much later than I thought I thought this was like 2006. Nope. Oh, oh no. no. No, these are pretty recent. The first one is only two years before this. It's 2014. Did Huckabee even get lines or was that just like straight film that they just took? Oh, wow. No, hold on. So I don't remember the lines that he did have, but what I am remembering is like, this would have come out the year that he was in, like, the Republican presidential primaries. He was like, this right. is going to do it. <laughs> the hoes gonna love <laughs> I legitimately, like, watched it, and I was just, I was genuinely unsure of whether or not that was taped for this film, or if they just took film from his Or if show. they just had Huck on file. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we pull any episode. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Somebody throwing darts at hard drives to figure out which Mike Huckabee episode they're going to put in. Oh my god. What situation is even paralleling this, like, made-up issue that if a teacher expressed one opinion about, like, Jesus or something? There there are court cases that are cited in those credits. I have a PDF of them. I can link, I can link them to all of you in a second, and we can even go through some of them and take a look at all of the very cool people um, who are enshrined in this movie for suing schools. Um, but I think... A, a thing that is a useful thing to like kind of bri- like center a little bit of conversation on is 
the inciting incident of the movie, which I feel like we haven't even talked about all that much, is that um, Miss Wesley, Miss Grace Wesley, is in her history class teaching a lesson on um, a thing that, like, moderate concert moderate conservatives really love to talk about is uh nonviolence. They love to talk about civil disobedient nonviolence as what they think you should be doing. Um and I don't know when it became um acceptable for them to use Martin Luther King Jr. as a talking point in that and for them to recycle uh hey listen, hate can't cast out hate, only love can do that. So submit um but they're talking about um nonviolence. they're talking about gandhi they're talking about martin luther king jr um and grace is talking about some mlk quote and um brooke asks the the very sensible um a teenager <laughs> would ask this question miss wesley that thing that martin luther king said isn't that what Jesus said when he said, love your enemy? Um, setting up a talking point like a little girl puppet in a religious children's show. Setting setting it up for the host of the show to then say what I think we can all probably agree is a pretty anodyne answer about this Bible verse, what it means, answering her question, and fitting that within the context of the fact that Martin Luther King Jr. was a Baptist minister. Um, that is what she is brought to court for. That's what they make a bunch of terrifying, balding men in a gray room glower at her for. Which, by the way, um, these evangelical people are very, very good at finding ugly evangelical people to play Democrats. Which I think <laughs> is really funny. Um, they find... An, an argument that, please tell me if anyone here disagrees, but, like, seems com not only completely anodyne and not like it would upset anyone there. She is, in fact, answering a question about a pretty widely agreed upon to be historically relevant document. She's also not proselytizing. She's also not advocating for the text as anything. Um, it also seems like it would be a pretty open and shut case within even a courtroom, let alone a conversation with the school board, the way that a religious text that was followed by one of the two people that are part of the conversation uh, of that, like, that they're doing the lecture on, this seems like it would be open and closed really, really quickly. But of course, the nature of this thing is that this is, these movies are like, straw man fantasies as filmed by the best director of photography that Shutterstock yeah. had on file. That's what's really going on. And at the very end credits, um, when we, when we get like a roll of all of these court cases of people who have sued campuses and, and workplaces, which give me a second. No, right oh no. There. Okay. This is an official PDF. Pure Flix presents a Harold Cronk oh film, God's Not Dead 2, legal cases that inspired the film. Um, Mystic. So the, in the last film, the whole thing was that this disgusting lib atheist teacher was making everybody in his class sign a piece of paper that said God is dead for their yeah, for their grade, the for their fucking grade. Okay. And, this, and this student was like, I won't do that. These movies tee up imaginary 
would never happen circumstances by like the disgusting lib state that that they do to the persecuted minority that Christians believe they are. And it's just like it's 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 based on a fallacy. This the t- the argument against this teacher is not it's not strong. She didn't do much wrong. I could understand if it made a student or two no. uncomfortable, perhaps, but it was very tepid in terms of how racy that was. So I just think, yeah, it's just exhausting. Well, so like PJ was saying, like Martin Luther King does cite the Bible yeah. because he was a reverend. But the, to me, the thing that's more insidious is like they take these examples of people who are actually persecuted and then like align it <laughs> with their fake persecution because like i see christians do this a lot especially as a black christian like martin luther king is cited all the time and one of the students in the film said he got himself killed like which no one addressed I'm, like he was still murdered but like we cite him for like pacifism and like how you should be in the face of like genuine wrong being done to you while yeah. they're like in this like imaginary cosplay yes! of persecution yes! and like he wrote this in prison yeah <laughs> he wrote this in jail you were in class like like the fact that they were bringing her to trial i was just like i think this is you creating the persecution it's like wag the dogging your own <laughs> persecution like it, it's not real and it's like on top of that we're citing mahatma gandhi and you don't even understand like the issues with that but like I don't know, because there was a scene in the court where they bring up the only black woman in the film to say, like, would you have a problem if you use this part of Martin Luther King's speech? What about this one? Oh, because this one's religious and this one's not. And it's just like, you're parsing what is persecution and what is not in the face of someone who actually experiences that and making them defend your false persecution. It, it was, it's like truly fucking insidious and gross. And yeah, I was nauseated. <laughs> yeah, because in... Because in this movie, Melissa Joan Hart is the most persecuted person. Because <laughs> she cried. Because she cried. Yeah. And we all know white lady tears are yeah, gold. Yeah, no, that's actually... That's, that's... It It turns over a whole court case, even though there's no fucking argument. All I learned is that when white women cry, like, that solves a court case, even if there's no argument. You just have to be mean to them. That's how I know Jesus is real. He was mean to her and she didn't say anything. <laughs> What the? I just like I just like black people deal with that all the time. I get yelled at, and no one, no one. I don't win anything. I just walk away and cry in my fucking car. But like, she wins a court case and doesn't even know how she helped win the case. She doesn't even get it. She just she just cried till she won. He's like, "Do you see what we did?" And she was like, "No, I don't (laughs) see what we did." I don't understand what's going on. Oh my god, that was. So brilliant, Mystic. It really is persecution cosplay. That is the best way to describe this movie. Like, especially with that that argument in court that you're talking about, Mystic, where they're, they're citing fucking particular parts of, of letter from a Birmingham jail. And there's like so much of that letter is specifically is specifically calling out white church leaders. Like that is a right. huge portion of that letter being like he said, your God does not support this behavior. Where is your God in this behavior? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just just yeah. like yeah. control effing like Matthew in that and bringing that up in court. Uh- <laughs> I you brought up Principal Kinney. Um, who is played by, I, I want to say, is it Robin Givens? Yes. Who plays her? Cheekbones, yeah. yeah. That's not, I, I should stop. <laughs> I guess. Well, okay. 
that's not completely irrelevant to what I was going to say is these days, people on the fucking internet, they've abused the term serving cunt. They think that just means good looking. They've forgotten that it means serving energetically mean and evil. Um, And Principal Kinney, um, the lip-smacking evil principal at the public school Martin Luther King Jr. High, um, which is the the tyrannical public school that kicked her out, um, that is the last time we see her in the entire movie. After that, she is gone. And she appears to have no knowledge of Martin Luther King having had any kind of religious background (laughs) of any kind. The way they weaponize that man's existence for Christianity is so wild to me. Like, just because, like, the evil school is, like, Martin Luther King's school. Like, and, and, and there's a black principal who doesn't know who Martin Luther King is or the fact that he was a reverend at all. And they're asking her if she is aware. Mind you, she's, like, 40 like, if she's aware of Martin Luther King's speeches as if all of us aren't forced to be painfully aware of everything he's ever said, mm. <laughs> it's, God, it's like, it's, it is so infuriating because it, it makes me realize, like, as much as white liberalism is annoying to me, like, white Christians cite Martin Luther King like he was a prophet. And it's always in the most distorted, like, <laughs> half sentences without any understanding of the context at all it's just like no one is being water hosed dude (laughs) like no one's being water hosed we're literally just saying like hey that was maybe kind of iffy this would never be a court case i guess is what pisses me (laughs) no it would be if like she was suing the school like they really they construct a scenario where her with the the lawyer that is provided to her by I, I guess the teachers union who hates her right point one to the teachers union <laughs> um like they're the underdogs in this case but like in all of the cases cited by the movie this is like like really weird like oppressive prick behavior to these schools not by people who are like I want to get to that but mystic you you were touching on something about the way that like that King gets, like, reappropriated. And specifically, like, this idea that I've heard people talk about that there's a narrative that he sacrificed himself or that he laid himself down for this instead of what happened, which is that a man was murdered at 39. And the the comparison between... Because, because yeah, this is the thing. They keep preaching, like non-violence and civil disobedience as what they think their opposition should do but that isn't what they're doing at all like suing the school is not praying for your enemies no that's that's hitting them in like a legal financial place where they fucking hurt no it's it's a way of like saying like what we're experiencing is similar and i think that's the like more insidious like aspect of it where they don't even have to like say that we're handling persecution well, if they can posit the argument that this is persecution at all comparable to what anyone that was marching with Martin Luther King went through, that in and of itself has all of the weight. And when you kind of make MLK like this messianic Negro, whatever, like it's, it's like, oh, he sacrificed himself for the cause. And 
like he was murdered. Your Jesus sacrificed himself for the cause. That's like that's written, whatever. But it's just like MLK did not choose that. That was not that was not ever chosen. So for them to take away the violence of that and then compare the nonviolence that they're experiencing to actual literal violence at every level is to me that's the real evil and it's like so quietly done and it it's never done like forcefully it's always done like with tears and it's always done like with some sobbing lady because like that's how you position position yourself as as a victim so the fact that i think we were saying this earlier like the protagonist like everything is happening to her i think that's how like these narratives are are pushed where like if everything happens to her that's her playing her role at like being the object of all of this of all of this action. And then we can put whatever narrative we want behind it. When the evil ACLU is like leaving the courtroom, they, they like, they kind of say as much, right? Like, isn't there a line, something like, um, the lawyer outsmarted us. He made, he, he made the jury hate everyone but her. Like something like that, which is just fucking chilling. Well, at the top of the movie too, when they were saying why it would be an easy case to win, they said, we don't even have to make them hate her. We just have to cast a shadow of a doubt on her at all. So like the fact that they couldn't do that at the end of the film, it was just like, okay, so her love for God is so big that there's no doubt about it at all because she cried. Like what is that's all you have to do to prove your morality. That's all you have to do to make yourself untouchable is cry. Like nothing even has to happen to you. You don't even have to experience anything real. You just have to cry and let it happen to you. And and that's what makes you moral. Like what, what is the takeaway? Yeah, just get John Tucker to kind of yell at you like a 6.5 on the 10 of yelling scale. In a nonsensical way. Cause I still <laughs> don't know <laughs> what he was saying. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> I'm going to briefly try and explain it to our listener because it truly makes no sense. Good call. They had already gotten people on the stand to try to prove that she was just speaking about like factual in terms of like biblical documents about Jesus. And that like wasn't working, I guess, question mark. Um, so then he bursts into the courtroom, asks grace herself to get on the stand he cross-examines her very aggressively asking her to cite what she said the other night in private and she tearfully is so confused and she says i said that one time i had this question who will you say that i am and and then she's like crying i don't know i don't understand and then he says why don't you guys just, like, lock her away? I don't know. He just takes it to 100 after that. And I truly do not understand that moment. I literally don't understand why that was a slam dunk for them. I think, like, the I think they were trying to do, like, me, you know, crossing her up at the end and, like, telling her that she's going to lose the case didn't shake her faith. So, like, that... That must no. Case. You must be right. That must be what they meant, but it literally does not make sense and does not That's land. That's not how court no. works. <laughs> it's not how the fucking law works. All I learned is that the law works differently if you're a white lady because I'm just like, there's no statutes about. That. No, it's just like, are you willing to lose your case? Then you win. <laughs> <laughs> then you must Listen believe, and no one who believes. No one could believe this much in a god that doesn't exist. And also, this is going to be precedent for Christians getting locked up 
for their beliefs, fed to lions, uh, etc. Um, and and that seems to sway. I mean, even even a white girl with makeup on um, was swayed by <laughs> good that makeup. Very good makeup. <laughs> well, they were citing Martin Luther King, citing the Bible about like. There's a story about like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I hate that I still have those names. Um, who are like thrown in the fire uh, in like the book of Daniel, where it's like, if you believe in your God, like he'll save you here. And I'm just like, that was that was what Martin Luther King was referencing when he was thrown in jail for like the 13th time. I don't understand the comparison when she hadn't lost her job. Yes. She hadn't lost her house. There was like... There's no comparison to a fire. Like, you're not thrown in any kind of fire. You haven't been put in jail at all. You haven't even lost your fucking job. So what is the persecution? And why is this so heavily swaying? Like, I just... He he wrote those letters so many times. And, and the country only, like, halfway turned around. And he still got murdered. But, like, her crying or crying and still saying she loves God is enough to, like, overturn the, like, Supreme Court case. I don't... It's just, it's, it's, it's irresponsible. It is. It's <laughs> totally irresponsible. It really allows everybody who this movie is made for to, to pat themselves on the back for another thing they didn't do. They didn't do anything. Well, now I know what true suffering is. <laughs> All of this, everything I experience is, is because I'm a, a Christian, whether I want to be or not. That's, that's all of the oppression I face is, is God <laughs> moving me. I also like the idea that they wouldn't have pressed charges if she just said sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's also not how, like, criminal charges work. <laughs> like, my mom literally blames public schools in the state of Washington for me, like, not believing in God and not uh, the pastor of my church prophesying that he was called to marry my mom, even though they were both married. I'm just like, yeah, that's that's why. That's why Washington did that to me. He prophesied that God was going to kill my dad so he could marry my mom. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, and so my mom is like, what Washington made you not believe in the church. I'm like, no, it was our pastor who arguably couldn't read Loki plotting to kill dad. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Wait, no, what? how does your dad yeah. feel about that person? My dad and my mom were getting divorced at the time because my dad was like embezzling city money and was on the news. It was a very weird year for me. And my grandma like took me to Disneyland like that shit wasn't happening. And I was like, why is my stuff packed? But um, my my parents were getting a divorce. I, I hate Disneyland for that reason. Um, my parents were getting a divorce. And, and he was like, yeah, this is a part of God's prophecy. He's going to kill Tommy and I'm going to marry you. And she's like, you're my dad's age. Like, God didn't save this. And then he came to me asking me to give my dad, like, this drink. And I was like, dude, I understand poison plots. Like, what the fuck? Holy <laughs> like, shit. That's like, yeah, my pastor tried to kill my dad to marry my he mom. Gave, and he, he gave you the murder weapon? I was going to be responsible for killing my dad because I was a vessel of God to him. Was there a real poison or is this metaphorical? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It was legitimate poison. Like, uh... What is it? Not ricin. I was watching Breaking Holy Bad. <laughs> but it was Arse, like Arse, cyanide. Oh, cyanide. It was like a cyanide. It was a cyanide caplet. Because our church had those. Dog, what? 
because our church had multiple and I still don't know what happened because again my church owned our house it owned our school like a lot of us lived there they had churches in other like countries like 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 Guatemala type B and like people would go like evangelize and never come back so I'm convinced at this point that like my pastor killed people (laughs) hold on let me let me get let me get water because we're That's why when I like try to tell people, I'm like, no, I, I, I was in a cult. <laughs> like no one <laughs> believes me. But I'm just like, my parents taught at the school that I went to that was owned by my church. And they also did vacation Bible school. So I was literally on the premises every day of my life until I was like 13. Like, was it a culture shock to be out of that environment? Yeah. Um, luckily, like my parents divorced when it happened. My mom was working a lot. So, like, she just wasn't home. So, like, I got to explore. But, it, like, I went from that to, like, unregulated internet. Mm. The fact that I was not kidnapped because I went to places that people told me to go in chat rooms oh. is, is a... One guy, like, literally was like, you're too good for this world. I think he talked himself out of, like, kidnapping me. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> but, like, yeah, looking back, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that was, like, a cult cult. And it was, like, all black and brown people. Like, it was very much, wow, like, Jim Jonesy. Yeah, we had, like, revivals that had snakes. Like, I went to Madagascar at, like, five years old to, like, Whoa. preach the word of Jesus. Yeah, it was it was some very, very deep shit. And, like, the pastor was deeply focused on me because I had, like, a heretic's name. They're like, oh, you know, the devil has been spoken over your life. Like, we have to reclaim her from the devil. You're like, sorry, my name's not Rebecca. Fuck you. (laughs) The other option was Summer, and God, that's not it. So I'm like, pray for my parents. Why do I now have to, like, go to extra church? No, I had to do all-night prayers. She was, it was... It was weird. So, like, going to public school after that, I I make a joke a lot where I'm just like, I don't know if I was autistic prior to that <laughs> or, like, or if it was manufactured because there were just so many culture shocks. I had only grown up around, like, black and brown people. I'd only grown up in church. And then, like, suddenly I'm in Washington with, like, no black people, no church at all, mm-hmm. all the internet that you could ask for um and books and i was just like yeah this is not real i told somebody about the creation museum i put the link in it and my teacher like literally called cps on my mom because she was like shut the fuck up she thought it was presently happening and she's like this kid like is once i told her about my purity ring ceremony she thought that like i was getting married off to an elder or something Wait, I love that she did something. I know that might have, like, rocked your shit at the time, but I appreciate teachers actually, like, doing something. And not just getting coffee and proselytizing someone who's grieving, but, like, (laughs) worrying about someone's safety. Yeah, no, she made me talk through that. She talked to my mom, and my mom was like, we are out of the church. But it took that for my mom to acknowledge that, like, we were in a cult. Because, like, Mm. I had to explain to her, I was like, I can't wear the color red. There's nothing in the Bible that says that. I'm not allowed to go to the movies. I can't wear pants. Like, we didn't have the internet. I just had, like, Encarta Encyclopedia software. (laughs) Like, I was just like, none of this is in the Bible. The only movie I saw in the movie theater before the age of 13 was literally Passion of the Christ because my church bought all of the tickets. 
That's you, so You went to one of the crazy. church screenings. That's, that's right. That's inappropriate. That's too much for a child to see. It, it's oh, traumatizing. Wow. I was like eight, and those scenes are very, very they real. They want to traumatize Yeah, that's yeah. the only, yeah. And they're like, that's what God did for you, so imagine what hell is going to be like. I'm just like, I just want to ride yeah. my bike. <laughs> no. I, I think we may have talked about we must have talked about Passion of the Christ at some point. We have. And did did I ever tell you about the the kid whose family took me with them to see the Passion like two days briefly, before it came out? Briefly, which is a weird invite. <laughs> I it's a weird invite, but I took them up on it. Like I was I was a very like indoctrinated kid at at like a certain age. This kid's family, he was the middle of five. They were a mega church family. He wasn't allowed to see Daredevil with me and my friend Jake, a movie about, might I remind you, a Catholic superhero. Um, but they brought us out to like a Lowe's theater for an early screening of The Passion. And there were all kinds of kids there who were just like weeping. At, like at this Italian like zombie movie for fucking two and a half hours. It was, it was ridiculous. You know what I always remember about that? There were no trailers. There was just like a pre-movie ad for the Oscars that we're going to be on. <laughs> Cause what are you going to advertise <laughs> before that? There's nothing like it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got in trouble once and like my parents, they didn't spank us often, but like it did happen. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget my dad. This is like a week after we saw this movie. He's like, I'm not going to spank you. You're going to whip me. And I just cried. I was like, what the what? fuck is this? He's like, this is, this is like, <laughs> this is like God taking on your sins. I was like, this is like mental abuse. <laughs> I was just like, mom. I was like, mom, I, like someone, someone hit me. Like, I don't, <laughs> hit me. I don't want. Who's this like, for? He's like, you have to do it. He's like, you don't want to, but this is me taking on your sin. I was like, no one needs to get hit. I was just up later than I was supposed to. I was so scarred from that. To this day, I'm just like, dude, hit me. Like, oh, oh my God, that? mystic. <laughs> and so my sister got in trouble like two days later and she's like, can I hit you? And he's like, no. <laughs> no, because the brainwashing didn't work on her. <laughs> he's like, expired. <laughs> um, I have a question for you. Um, I'm hearing unbelievable, like, I, I literally cannot fathom trauma level anecdotes coming from you and i'm curious if you have like a story of like reclaiming any kind of spirituality or like peace and like what that's looked like for you yeah um so one thing i've always noticed and like a premise for one of my jokes is that black christianity looks really different from like other forms of christianity in this country And I realize that's because, like, a lot of Black and Indigenous people hid their stuff within Catholicism, within Christianity. Mm. That's why you have, like, Santeria, you're praying to the saints, but, like, you're calling on different energy. Um, Hoodoo kind of works like that. Like, Hoodoo is, to me, like, radical magic. The reason why you only see it with American Blacks is because it's, like, they took Ifa and, like, Nigerian practices and hid it in the church. Mm. So I realized, like, a lot of the stuff that I thought my grandma was doing that was like tied to Christianity was actually tied to like hoodoo magic. Mm. So like the book of Psalms, 
I read the Bible more now than when I was in church because like the book of Psalms is used as a spell book in, in a lot of like, in a lot of different witchy practices. Like I know like uh, Santeria, Candoble, like Ifa, Voodoo, Hoodoo, they all use it because we had to hide it within there. So like, I feel like the Jesus that I'm calling on is not the same. Cause I'm like the Jesus that was called upon by slaves has a completely different energy than like, the colonization that's tied to it. So for me, that, that, that helped me reclaim a lot of the Bible because I realized like my mom anoints the house in oil. That's not necessarily Christian. Like the fact that she does it over the doorposts and stuff like that, like she ties that to Moses, like painting the blood on the door. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know, some weird gothy shit. Um, (laughs) But I realized, like, that's African magic. Like, the call and response within Black church is, like, what is utilized to call on your ancestors. So when I started looking into that, I realized, like, how much we hid within Christianity. Um, Which is why, like, it's why Black church is fundamentally different. Especially, like, the music. Because music and drums were used in magical practices. So I still listen to gospel music. I still read the book of Psalms. It just comes from a completely different place. Like, I don't think I'm calling on some dude in the sky. I'm calling on, like, my dead ancestors, yeah. you know, mm. to help me out. And and my grandma read the book of Psalms. My great-grandma read the book of Psalms. There's There's scriptures that are for cleansing. I use those for cleansing. There's scriptures for strength. And it's like, I use that for fortitude. And it's in the same book, but I'm realizing, like... It's completely different. And also it feels like a radical act of magic to me because when I think about the people who had to practice this and why they were practicing it, like the reason that hoodoo and voodoo gets like such a bad rap is because A, Haiti used that to successfully kill their masters. Mm. So they said, we can't have any of that shit here. And it was because they were calling on their past. They were calling on <laughs> on their ancestors with this thing that you forced on us. Mm. Um, mm, yeah. And to me, like, that is the ultimate, like, Uno reverse card. Like, you just, like, this thing that you use to, like, enslave and, like, brainwash so many of my people. Because, like, my mom is like, that's witchcraft. I'm like, your ancestors are witchcraft? Like, what's wrong with you? just taking that back and saying this thing that you used, it's actually mine now. And it's, it's completely different. And it's actually used to destroy these systems and destroy these constructs that you put this here to trap me in. So that's been really fun, but it is really hard talking to other black Christians and them being like, that's demonic. I'm like, yo, your grandma did that shit. Like you think, you think you chewing on this peak of piece of bark or like jumping the broom? You think that's Christian, right. baby? Yeah, I think like there are just so many like origins of culture and religion that people have, they have no idea where things come from, and I think it all like sort of distills, and they, they assume it's all one thing. Well, because we couldn't say either. We couldn't say that that's what we were doing. You get killed for that shit. Thank you for being on this episode. Yeah. That is, this yeah. is fun. <laughs> that is way too brilliant and profound to be on this yes. episode about. Yeah, it's actually, it actually, it hurts. It hurts that that's how we're platforming you, but you're incredible for bringing <laughs> credibility and like wisdom to this. This. <laughs> 
Why was it so long? <laughs> we don't know. Like, I went to black church where you brought food to church because you're there forever. And even I was just like, I don't have the endurance for this. Like, I feel like I could read the whole Bible in the length of this fucking movie. This is what, like, the white churches that I'm familiar with are like, which is that it is lectures and you need to be quiet and you need to wear... You need to be extremely buttoned up and you need to be wearing as much beige as you possibly can. It is. It when is, did Jesus become like an HR manager? <laughs> <laughs> you That's you a just good described fucking... Toby on the office. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, they want there. There is a model of Christianity where they it seems it, like it almost seems like they want it to be like their workplace. You know, I, I mean, I feel rude going from something th- that to to the the cinematic word of work of Harold Crump. Crump. You know what I mean? Like Harold is his Crump. name Harold Crump? Harold his Crump. motherfucking name is Harold <laughs> Doesn't Crump. Doesn't even sound real. He's the director of the first one. I think he was too one. embarrassed. I was like, this is my suit. <laughs> yeah, he he changed it from Crank, uh, which he thought was a little too off the nose. Um, this this movie. <laughs> With with all of its like, all all of the Christians have this like pleasantness about them that feels like a little defensive. Like this movie is very defensive about how well the lives of of the people in it are are going. Like uh, all of all of Melissa Joan Hart's patter with a uh, blood pressure Dick Van Dyke, <laughs> um, her father grandfather. This nameless old guy that she spends a lot of time with. This nameless old guy whose bed she sits on uh, and lectures about his... Not after your cholesterol test from last week exposition. What if they're Um, just roommates? (laughs) They just really like bacon and eggs. They're exes. That's her dealer. (laughs) They're exes with a really good arrangement. <laughs> I was, um... Could you drive me to my cholesterol test? <laughs> he doesn't always need the walker. Okay? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sorry. Would, would this be an okay time for me to dip into a little bit of the insidious shit that I found in my research? Okay, so at the top of the episode, we were talking about the author Rice Brooks which is spelled in a very untrustworthy way of B-R-O-O-C-K-S. Don't like it. Don't like the vibes. Um, he wrote the non-theoretical nonfiction book, God's Not Dead, that these movies really base their, their central arguments on, which is trying to just make belief something that you have, like, solid proof on and you beat someone in, like, a YouTube comment debate about. Um, I went to Rice Brooks's website because I wanted to find out, like, how evil. Um, Rice Brooks is co-founder of the Every Nation Family of Churches, which currently has churches and campus ministries in more than 70 nations. Mm. He is also the senior minister of Bethel World Outreach Church in Nashville, Tennessee, a multi-ethnic multi-site church. Which is a weird thing to specify. It's, it's a cult. It's, it's a cult. Yeah. No, confirmed. <laughs> With lots of arms. Yeah. <laughs> the author of several books, including God's Not Dead, Evidence for God in an Age of Uncertainty, Man, Myth, Messiah, The Human Right, 
the Purple Book and Every Nation in Our Generation, Rice Lives in Franklin, We're Tennessee. We're not going to just skip over the, the Purple, purple Book. book. <laughs> like, what is Oh, wait, that? no, that has a subtitle that I skipped over because I just, I just like it being called The Purple Book, which sounds like a sex book. Uh, yes. The Purple Book, Biblical Foundations for Building Strong Disciples. Cult. Mm, yeah, cult. Um, no, this, this feels like... I don't know. This, this feels like you personally wrote like a villain in in a movie. Wait, like what defines nonfiction? Like I feel like we can't. Like I feel like we're just calling anything nonfiction, right? Now. I don't. I don't have another word for like I don't know religious writing. What does he think Myth- it is? Mythological writing. <laughs> Mythological text. Opinion posting. The God's Not Dead website has. A list of legal cases that inspired the film. God's not dead to Clarissa has it all explained to her. Um, and I have a lawyer bursts through her bedroom window. <laughs> and it's like, this is the plot of the movie. <laughs> Number six on the list of these court cases. Jonathan Lopez expressed his Christian belief that marriage is between one man and one woman in a speech class. His professor at Los Angeles Community College interrupted him, calling him a fascist. Alliance Defending Freedom filed suit for Jonathan and won in district court. Um, I believe just from just glancing over these real quick, about all of them, if not all of them, involve the Alliance Defending Freedom organization. That's scary. Yeah. That's like the Christian ACLU. That's it. That's what it is. <laughs> what? What a that is the most conservative think tank name I've ever heard. That's like, that's like Richard Spencer and Steve Bannon's thing being called the National Policy Institute. Oh, that's and just a lot uh... of them come down to like being able to like preach about like abortion and like gay shit on campus. This is this is a weird one. This is really weird. Christine Mize, a social work student, wrote a paper developing a faith-based therapy program for women dealing with post-abortion syndrome. Her professor threatened to downgrade Christian's paper and then refused to grade her paper altogether. Yeah, because that's not how fucking social work works. That's not how that works. Alliance Defending Freedom sent a letter to the university and Christine's paper was graded. Uh, (laughs) Democracy reigns. What was the grade? What was the grade? Oh, hold on. Make up your own mind. A pro-life student club at the University of North Carolina applied for religious exemption so as to select members based on their agreement with its religious beliefs. The school denied the request, stating that the club was not religious. After Alliance Defending Freedom filed suit, the university recognized the club and broadened its exemption policy. Um... There are a bunch of these, and none of them seem like an underdog hero rising up against Ray Wise. They seem like, like, unpleasant, like, litigious assholes who are, like, bad actors and disruptors on their campus for, 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 for the sake of making a noise about it. Well, I think the funniest part about this is, like, the scene where, like, all the Christians are, like, silently protesting on the staircase as if Christians are ever quiet or pleasant around <laughs> fucking anything. I just, like, that shit is, I don't know, it's really weird. I, I have, like, weird ties to that because my mom thought she was going to, like, an abortion clinic with, with me, mm. and it turned out to be one of those, like, Christian 
crisis thingies. And they like quoted Bible at her. It is her, it's her favorite story to tell. And I'm just like, dude, I didn't want to be here. Like, you had it right. And this fucking Christian talked you out of it. And now you have a heathen for a child. That's, this is what happens. Let God's will be God's will. (laughs) But yeah, all of these just seem like, these all seem like, you know the girl who does anal because she like wants to stay a virgin. Like, like it you're seems talking like about someone are... specific who went to my high school. The, every high school has a group of every Disney. Yeah. This, this is a type every of person. Every Disney Channel show has one of these. <laughs> it just seems like these girls grew up and were just like, I don't have enough microphones in my face. <laughs> I'm not being platformed enough, and I have rights. <laughs> just like un, like I just think it's hilarious that Christians are like, "This is my right." I'm like, the fact that any of us has to hear you is an exercise. Like, That's it's it. An exercising of that right. Like I don't want to fucking hear this. <laughs> it's it's also funny that it seems like just about every one of these cases. Um, fizzled out in the most anticlimactic way where whatever governing body got the lawsuit or the cease and desist and just went like, it's fine, sure, whatever. Um, whereas in their, you know, fan fiction of these reverse events, it goes to the fucking Supreme Court and Leland Palmer fucking crawls out of the out of the Black Lodge to say, I'm the ACLU and I'm going to crush children's hands. Wait, was that the Supreme Court? They made it feel like it. Like, it wasn't because there was only one judge on the bench, but like the amount of media that they put on it, it like it was clearly supposed to at least be a circuit court, right? Because they were citing like uh, the the circuit courts that the main guy like uh, was an intern under or whatever. They were saying like you you intern for circuit court judges, so like it had to be like one step under the right. circuit court. <laughs> And at least just from just like a set dressing standpoint, it was like quite clearly supposed to be this this grandiose, like everybody is paying attention to this incredible case happening in this beautiful building where in reality this would have been handled in like the, the bottom Graphic of court. some brutalist place with the worst bathrooms you can imagine. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, the only real example of this that we have is like the Scopes monkey trial. And I'm like, the reason that you won't bring that one up <laughs> is because you've lost. I'm like, that did make it all the way up. And it was this grandiose case. And you lost this is just like confederate reenactment like <laughs> oh an illegal my God, fucking sense. you're so right <laughs> just like, why uh, baby lose with grace and who and who do they have to to be uh the mascot of totally normal reasonable uh confederate christian ideology but but john tucker himself <laughs> sneezing having someone say god bless you and he goes hey be careful. They could be coming for you oh next. Oh my god, I was laughing so hard. They should have swapped, like, the sides. Like, I didn't understand him defending Melissa Joan Hart when there's this, like, old curmudgeon of a man. I was just like, this was clearly a miscast. Would she have had the same kind of, like, irresistible, completely inappropriate sexual chemistry um, oh, over with the Chinese, Chinese food? Oh, yeah. Uh, with <laughs> Yeah, not a lot of separation of church and state going on there. Hey-o. Hey. Didn't she say, like, my husband used this as a date? No, I think her grandpa. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not understanding any of the sexual They're positioning in this it movie. that way. They're totally positioning them as like the nice chaste mating pair because at the end of the movie, they pose together like a senator and his wife when he's like running for office. Did you see how many extras they had there at the ending? How many people who I suppose must have had to have been like volunteers or like carted in from a local church. They might be regular extras. I mean, this was, this had some money behind it. I do, I do wonder if this was a union production. Mm. I really, I bet I could actually probably find that yeah. out. I maybe should have looked that up beforehand. That's but a- I wondered if they had to do like central casting type stuff. I mean, Universal distributed this movie, didn't they? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, especially after the success of the first one. And this one has like, a bigger cast beyond just like the one, you know, right wing Christian celeb of Kevin Sorbo, like it, like Ernie Hudson, Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, it's like, not Ray-wise. giving indie for sure. Because even her parents, I, I had seen before. Does the lawyer convert? Does he even like, or does he stay a disgusting lib atheist? <laughs> like what? Well, he's reading Rice Brooks's book. Oh, so he's, so he's getting his, his mind open to it. <laughs> okay. the, the, he's on his You know, way. the resounding logic <laughs> that book is clearly going to win him over. He's he's going to do it. He's going to marry her. And then they're going to have sex for the very first oh. time. Together. I, okay, that, that was yeah. my first question. This is my second question. If you had a son and he died, would you care? <laughs> <laughs> What did he do? Like, what did he do that they were like, Brooke, you have to stop crying about your dead brother. Get over it. You still have to go to Stanford. It's just like, what the fuck did, did you kill him? Now we're going to take our two separate Audis to work. (laughs) I, I have a question. And this may be that during the movie, I... I I was just like looking at those, you know, those like desperation videos that Facebook recommends you where you're just in a situation that's like, okay, yeah, I guess I will watch like, can lava melt cheese wheel? Um, (laughs) But like, what does she stand to win? Like by winning this case, what happens? Does she just like get her Uh, job back? Is she like her, she a never very got weird fired. Yeah, they, <laughs> back at school. She never. There was nothing on the line. But like all of this persecution being cited, she literally didn't even lose her job. The, the school was like, "We'll just do whatever the court says because that's what schools do." She didn't lose her job. It it, it seemed like there was only like three days of argument. Like <laughs> I think she missed a week of school. They did throw around the phrase, "I will lose everything." So I don't know if it's like this. If she loses this case, then she might lose her job. Regardless, I think basically. It, the whole thing is, I won't apologize for loving Jesus. It's not that she wins something, I think, but it's more that she won't give in. So she wins not having to say sorry. Mm-hmm. But white people never have to say sorry. Like, I don't for understand. Sure. Like, fundamentally, I don't get it because white people don't have to apologize for anything. So I just, like, I'm like, even if you got fired, you would get hired probably in the same school district I don't understand the stakes of this movie. Yeah, like... Also, why is she the only Christian teacher there? (laughs) I know for a fucking fact, like, half the faculty would be like, this is a little much, right? Like, sorry to say, I am a Christian as well. Like, (laughs) there's no way she's the only... They're like, like, we're gonna take this yellow-haired, pink-lipped, 
hero and you know pit everyone against her and it's like she is not a minority in any way but they're like yeah she is yeah she is it's just her out there it's just her and her grandpa her and her grandpa roommate her and somebody her grandpa else. X. just her and him paying 750 a month each for that split what level. was that like dance thing he did at the end he's like god is good I'm like why why are you standing also why did we go back to the the pastor in the wheelchair like i i still don't like i get that he was in the last movie but he served fundamentally like no purpose in He's this the film. hilarious part he had a heart attack <laughs> <laughs> what what was i supposed to laugh at god he's I... the funny fun <laughs> i just thought like nickelback converted like i honestly thought the whole soundtrack was him until i'm just like every black person in this movie seemed pained because like the newsboys or whatever the fuck that band was called i was just you got it right oh god that okay those scenes deeply remind me of like going to like the youth like camps and then like you thinking that it was the Holy Spirit, but it was really like they kept you up for four days. Yeah. And you're like, this song is suddenly so good. I think it's Jesus. <laughs> so the news, the newsboys have been around since mid '80s. They are a long-standing Christian act. And I was looking, what I was <laughs> looking through their Wikipedia article, seeing if there was anything interesting. And for the most part, it's pretty boilerplate stuff, except for the name of their 1990 album, which I bellowed at alone on my couch and scared my my cat uh the their, their 1990 album hell is for wimps <laughs> that's that whole album name what? not just one rogue song 32 years that's ago. hard as nails hell is for wimps. that's ice fucking cold oh shit that's a tattoo <laughs> Aren't they scared to go to hell? I'm so confused. Yeah, like, when did hell become easy? Like, I thought that was your whole thing. Like, what the fuck? It's not that hell is scary. They're just like, it's for wussies. It's for wussies. <laughs> fucking lame to go there. Oh, oh you're going to hell? Whack. St. <laughs> Peter being like, let's see you do a couple push-ups, you fucking pussy. <laughs> Well, a bunch of jacked angels all fly around and, like, call me a fan. Did you ever see those, like, Christian weightlifting groups? Like, my no. pain. No, but that sounds My right. pain is his gain. Like, dead ass. <laughs> no. My church had weightlifters for Jesus. I was like, you guys can just lift weights. Like, it doesn't have to be about Jesus. They would, like, quote scripture at each other while they're, like, it was the most homoerotic. <gasps> like, that's so gay. <laughs> just, just, just in, in jean shorts. Like I was just like, oh, I was like, you're all gay. Like it's okay, baby. Wait, what was the quote you said? Is on my pain, my pain is, is, his, is gain. his gain. Why is that so fetishy though? Why is that the fucking kinkiest thing I've ever heard? Jesus with Christ! Just, with shirt sleeves that they physically ripped off by hand, like I. Just, oh. <laughs> and then like they did like some sort of like 
like I don't know exhibition at church because there was like a lot of like here's the praise group here's the here's the, the weightlifters for Jesus and one of them came out and they were dressed as the devil but it was just a man in a Darth Maul mask <laughs> <laughs> and then they just proceeded to fake beat him up so it was like Christian WWE <laughs> and I was like I think I'm voting for Satan like what the fuck is this Nope, that's just a literal character from something that was actually made. <laughs> but we're not allowed to watch movies, so people are like, it's the devil. I was like, it's Darth Maul. <laughs> if you guys want to go to the gym with me later. <laughs> I don't have any protein shakes, but I do have manos. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get fucking jacked up on communion wafers before i go do squats for an hour you have to quote bible scriptures while you do them that's like the only rule i want christ in my ass he's you know you have to approach him on your knees that's the only way you show reverence to god (laughs) just washing my buddy's feet while he does bench presses Is it okay to drink wine at the gym? Yeah. Is that cool? Protein, what if I turn it bottle? into blood? As long real quick? as you call it the blood of Christ <laughs> and you drink ye all of it, it's got a mixer. No, dead ass. One of, like this is before CrossFit. A man at my church built a cross to literally drag in the parking lot. As a workout. Dead <laughs> He's like, this is biblically accurate. I'm like, nobody knows how big it was. <laughs> He's like, we all know it was pretty big. I'm just like, okay. I don't think this is about Jesus anymore. You can't flex about the dimensions if you're saying it's just pretty big. <laughs> um, he literally did that like every Saturday That's by himself. So Cross that would have had to have been stood up at Golgotha. Mm-hmm. Would have had to have been really, really, really tall, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He's hanging down off this thing. Yeah, like 10 feet easily. So whether or not this thing was big, whether or not there was like mass to it, the part of it that he can carry is like really low to the ground. The hard part is that he's just dragging a lot of things. Yeah. Well, he sounds like a wimp, and you want to know where they go? Straight to the Don't say it. And have nightmares of Darth Maul tonight. <laughs> <laughs> a church organ playing Duel of the Fates. Literally, my sister watched Star Wars and was like, that's the devil. And I was like, dude, like, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, this is why we're watching this. You don't understand how fucked up we are. I feel, I feel like I'm out of things to say about God's not dead. Does anyone... <laughs> Does anyone else kind of have, like, their final thoughts or, like, a final thesis before Dixon uh, gives us some some mental illness war journals from <laughs> imdb.com? Well, yes. You know, crying and being made to cry is analogous to being hung on a cross and, <laughs> and the whole civil rights movement. That's the only thing. <laughs> I've never experienced real oppression since I've left <laughs> since I've left the church. This is all well, because you I'm have a devout cried, Christian. Though. Yes, and now I know that that was Jesus moving through me. <laughs> this is um, this is my coming to Jesus. Well, Jesus what I Christ. realized is I'm just really glad Mystic was here to make this conversation so fun cuz I did not Hell I did not have yes. fun watching this movie. I actually had a lot of fun watching the first one. Like it was just mm-hmm. very funny. This was like 
boring. Like this is this was boring. And um there are a few funny moments, but for the most part it was just like long and legal. Yeah. Well, and, barely um, legal. <laughs> <laughs> it just turned eighteen. <laughs> um so yeah, uh you're amazing. Thank you for being here because it was so funny. <laughs> I think we're all going to hell, but you know. Yeah. You knew that. Not your your sister, I hope. (laughs) No, but she's not a wimp, so. Okay, true. Oh, 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 okay. Uh, Mystic, you are uh, so brilliant and so funny and uh, one of the most fascinating human beings I've ever met in my entire life. Um, thank you for being overqualified for this episode. Thank you for um, my diagnosis. I <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do I actually leave now? Oh, <laughs> oh no, no, no. No, like, no. no you're, you're stuck with <laughs> us still. Like, oh, am I getting kicked out of the <laughs> we, uh, We've got just one segment left, which is I usually try to get together some, some good reviews from across the internet. And these ones have been... I so I I had to dig pretty deep because like honestly most of the user reviews on either like Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb are either like extremely faith-based screeds that are far too long to paraphrase or read wholesale on the podcast or just an atheist being like <laughs> god I think that's pretty lame um so i i tried to i i sourced these from a variety of different places things that websites that had like innocuous names that are like moviesite.com and then you get on it and it is just purely about (laughs) faith-based films some letterbox some other stuff but um this first one five stars great for the entire family my wife and i rate dvds from one to ten and this dvd gets a (laughs) ten This one's from Letterboxd, um, and it's five stars, and it just says, Halo 2! What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Thank huh? you, Connie, Letterboxd user Connie, if you're out there. <laughs> Daniel, three years ago, to anyone wanting a good movie, look no further. This one gets 100 on scale of best movies. <laughs> Well, we don't even get the the ranking number, just a hundred. On the scale of best movies, this one gets a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> and this one is a little longer. Um, ten out of ten. Unfamily movie. <laughs> this is a good movie. However, it is not as good as the first, but still a good movie. A movie to watch with your family. I found it odd one IMDB score so bad and decided to watch to check. Not agreed. And took a look at the reviews of other users and realized that the low note is pure prejudice as the film goes against the interests of the gay mafia. <laughs> I love that they when think we're was that so posted? organized. I love that they think the gays would organize enough for a mafia. No, no, no. They no, think no. we could right. be somewhere I'm on time. I'm a part of the gay mafia. I don't care what anyone says. Okay, true. <laughs> I can't arrange a brunch, like, on a Saturday. (laughs) We can't agree on a walking pace. (laughs) Also, mafia. It's, like, it's really really more of, like, a polycule. (laughs) It's, like, not well communicated at all. Like, no one knows they're in it. (laughs) I I want the version of The Godfather where they're just gay and it's a polycule. (laughs) 
you come to me on the on this the day of my wedding to two other guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm leaving my intimate knowledge of the mafia. No, I'm actually not kidding. Off the box. Okay. All right. I'm gonna ask you about this later. Wait a second. I no. Let Let's hang out soon. One, because we keep meaning to. Yes. Two. I I would I would be happy to show you my grandfather's Wikipedia. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for squeezing yeah, this thank in. Yeah, thank you so so much. This was really Phoenix. great. No, this was fun. I was scared. <laughs> I was scared. I I had I'd hyped you up I know. to them, but I, I think <laughs> I Well, no, but I think up. we all knew that like we knew you could hang. We knew we knew you were good to hang. Uh Saint Mystic, the Archangel, defend us in battle. Um, is there anything that you want to plug? Is there anywhere that we should follow you or support your work or fave your selfies? Don't follow me anywhere. Um, I don't <laughs> want to be seen or perceived. Um, I'm on Instagram as fairy.spice, but you're going to spell fairy wrong. Um, what? <laughs> what? No, what I want to plug, This it's an anti-plug. Stop raising your kids in church. It makes them anti-plug. <laughs> I don't know what. Like, I I want to unplug. Um, unplug. Don't raise your kids in church. It makes them gay. <laughs> <laughs> it makes them a gay witch. So you know, just don't do that. Um, oh God, it's true. Now everyone is just gonna know like my actual like villain origin story. <laughs> I've gone a whole year in the Atlanta scene without anyone knowing any thing about myself just being like a nameless baddie so this is this is gonna be people are gonna know me now huge gift you've given us um (laughs) we could bleep out everything (laughs) (laughs) the beauty of like being me and having my name is like no one ever knows what is true and what is not <laughs> like, like it's all lore and i love it <laughs> i love that you're like it's not non-fiction <laughs> these are oral gossiping more like oral histories and traditions <laughs> all right everyone silence is the enemy of truth i will make jesus known hashtag the silence human is right. the enemy of- we say this at the end of every episode mystic yeah uh, silence is the enemy of truth i will make jesus known hashtag oh fuck what is it oh i lost the hashtag silence is the enemy of truth hashtag the human right silence is the enemy of truth i will make jesus known hashtag the human right join the movement text your friends that god's not dead i'm actually gonna text everyone that and see how long it takes for the cops to show if I get arrested, you know why. I'm a martyr, much like Martin Luther King and Melissa Dead Horses, Dixon, Becky, and PJ. You can find us on Instagram at Dead Horse Podcast. We'd like to thank Max Huffman for our art. Go to his website, maxhuffman.com, and check out all of his cool shit. We'd also like to thank Buckhead Shaman for the theme this week, which is a cover of the God's Not Dead song, which we're just going to let play out because it riffs. This world.
Thank you.